got next episode nine there's so much to talk to dallas thank you for joining me but let's get right into it so this game yesterday on thursday southern mississippi versus arkansas state just became a full-on brawl they were out there throwing hands elbows knees and toes did you see the clip dallas what did you think about it yeah i saw the clip i thought it was it's not funny because it shouldn't happen in sports mm-hmm. but it was like it doesn't happen all the time, especially in women's basketball. But I've been seeing the women get a little bit more feisty this year. I've been seeing like a couple little almost fights, almost fights. And this one was a full-fledged fight, and the coach got crushed. Fans <laughs> was like involved. It was like kind of crazy. So, yeah, it was interesting to see. Yeah, I think the game now, there is a lot of trash talking. It does get chippy. But like you said, we've never seen something. To this extent, I've never seen nothing like this. I don't think in women's sports on TV before. So it it was interesting. I don't want to say it's good for the ecosystem because obviously you don't want any players to hit each other. But I do like the intensity increasing and the trash talking increasing. And it just makes the games feel more energetic. Yeah. And in the second quarter, it didn't take any time. Like <laughs> They got right to it. <laughs> But the bad thing is that once this clip did circulate, people were saying that one of the teams, the girl who was swinging, it was just her. And they said basically she kind of got jumped because she was swinging in a pool of the other team's jersey. She was the one black jersey on her own. But people in the comments were saying that her teammates didn't get off the bench because if you get off the bench, it's an automatic suspension, right? Yeah, you get suspended. You should, yeah, yeah you get suspended. So they were saying that her teammates were basically trying to make sure that they have players for another game. So they just sat down. But I'm sure if anybody was in that situation, you would want someone to try to help you, not just let the other team just pound you down. Hey, that's why you shouldn't be fighting in basketball. You are absolutely right. All right, so moving on. So South Carolina played UConn last Sunday. And it was an 18-point loss. South Carolina is still undefeated, so they beat UConn 83-65. to After the game, Coach Gino said that basically he's more focused on helping his team improve than anything else. So he said, I, can't, I couldn't care less about the NCAA tournament. We got a bunch of young players playing basketball for the first time. We're getting better each week. You know, that's what he's focused on. And so from that game, he only played seven players. And of that seven, four of them were freshmen. So majority of the team that he's circulating are new players. But I want I have to wonder, what is that like when you're playing through the season, you're not ex- really excited for the season, excited for the games, or excited for the tournament? That's not really the UConn way. Um, teams go through these periods, whether it's NBA, high school, college, uh, Sometimes you have to go through that rebuilding period and you just have to be able to accept that and you just shift your focus on what your coaching focus is. So Gino has just shifted his focus to development instead of trying to, like, if you set your goal as an unrealistic goal and you're just trying to keep reaching that goal, it it builds the opportunity for disappointment and sadness and uh lack of drive if you know that your goal is to get better each game and player development and these type of things and your goal is next year we're going to compete 
mm-hmm. is a difference. Like you're going out there, you're learning new things, you're figuring out what players are comfortable in which situations. Uh, Maybe you want to work new plays. You want to see team chemistry with different players. Uh, so I just think UConn has just shifted their goal. It's not like, a, oh, screw this season, because you have to be real with yourself. You're not going to be able to win NCAA tournament with the roster that you have this year. Mm-hmm. So to sit there being upset that you're not competing in games against the top schools in the country, you don't have that roster. So the fact that you want to have a little win, like you want your teams to hustle, you want to rebound, you want to uh, make sure that we close out on every shot. Uh, we want to make sure this game we're not giving up any second chance opportunities. We want to make sure that uh, we shoot over 40% from three. We want to shoot open shots. We want to run all of our plays that we ran in practice, like just the little things. Uh, like those, yeah, those are wins in a sense for UConn this year. Do you see them having a chance next year? It, I mean, it all depends on the players that come in, transfer portal, and recruiting. So, I mean, at the end of the day, freshmen in college basketball kind of rule the world most of yeah. the time. Uh, I mean, the women's game is kind of different, but most of the time the freshmen rule the world. So, we'll, we'll see based on the recruiting class and the uh, transfer portal. Oh, transfer portal. Okay. I think it's going to be interesting just because we're used to UConn being such a powerhouse program. So now that they are down, um, it's going to be just just interesting to watch how they're able to bounce back. And my heart does go out for the players because they were so excited at the beginning of the season. They're like, Paige is back. AZ is back. Ali is strong. Let's do this. And then now over time, it just like kind of just slowly faded away. Um, after each thing happening, boom, 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 boom. So I do feel bad for those players. But like you said, as these younger players are able to build and work together, build habits, hopefully next season they might come back strong. But it also might take a year, two years, maybe even three years. You know, like it is, it is hard to know. All right. So, of course, we have to talk about this. Caitlin Clark on Thursday which is this is why we're doing our show on Friday because we knew she was going to break it on Thursday. So now we can talk on Friday and recap after this big moment for her. She surpassed what we expected. So Caitlin Clark, she broke the NCAA women's scoring record at home on Thursday against Michigan. She also had a career high for herself, and she also broke the Iowa school record. She had 49 points, 13 assists, and five rebounds. So basically broke three records in one night. Yeah, and she had like, what, 22 or 23 in the first quarter? Mm-hmm. And, she yeah. outscored the Michigan team. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, It's I, not to be the bad guy, but I kind of knew she wasn't going to break the record uh, when everybody thought she was going to break the record. Against, in the Nebraska game. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So. I, I said it, you know, it's it's documented last week's episode. Uh I knew I knew they weren't gonna let her break it. I didn't know they were gonna lose. I didn't know I was gonna lose actually, but uh it was better to break it at home off the field. Um you got your home crowd, it's just just a much better vibe than breaking it on the road against another team. So um I mean she's an amazing player and I like how Angel Reese even shouted her out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty cool. 
Mikhail looks great. Uh, I don't think the record will be broken. So I posted about when Angel tweeted for Caitlin congratulating her. And of course, the comment section blew up. It was people there. Whenever we post them, there's LSU fans and there, there's Iowa fans and there's racist people. Uh, so they just end up arguing, going back and forth, back and forth. But for me, the, the crazy thing is they don't have beef. They said numerous times, we played together in AAU. She's a strong competitor. I'm happy to see her. Like they always say, it's not us. It's the media. Like it was trash talk and they both like to trash talk. They do it for sport. They do it for fun. So it's really everybody else gassing it. So I thought it was great for Angel to kind of set the record straight again and congratulate the girl. She did a great job. And it was a very Caitlin Clark thing to do when she broke it. Like it wasn't just, oh, let me get this free throw or this layup. Like, no, I'm going to drain a three from the logo. Yeah. And then I don't know if you saw the tickets for the game were very, 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 very high. So they had some that were like $300, but the course side tickets were over $10,000. Yeah, I bet. Do, do you think Kayla knew, like, before the game, how she wanted to break the record? How she wanted to? Yeah. Um, I don't think she knew she was going to do it in that way, but I do think – because she was her team's first eight points. Mm -hmm. So they knew going in, okay, you got to make eight. Let's just pass the ball to Kate, which is what they always do already. They just give it straight to her. But I think she knew – Coming in, like, I'm about to get it in the next two, three minutes. Yeah, I'm saying, like, did you – so, like, myself, if I was Caleb Clark, I, I think that she, yeah, has to be a three from the logo. Like, I, I'm, I'm like – You think she, she wanted was paying to be, attention uh, to where she was? I, yeah, I think she wanted to be a monumental moment. Like, whoo, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was the moment when it happened, not like a free throw. Like, I, she wanted it to be a – this it happened on this play, like a cool play. Like, I, I'm – 98% sure, kind of like, yeah. Three for deep, Steph Curry, range, three-point <laughs> shot to break the record. Probably. She knew it was going to be everywhere, and yeah. then it was like, why not have a almost 50 points double-double? Caitlin is now sitting at 3,569 points, so people are now paying attention to the overall NCAA record the men's side now, that record is 3,667. So the men's is basically 667. Uh -huh. The women's is 569. Oh, so she's less than 100 points away. Oh, 100. Oh, okay. My math is off. She's going to get there. Yeah, 569 and 667. So who, she'll be who holds it for the men? Do you know? Yes. Pete Maravich. Oh, okay. Crystal Pete. Yes, from LSU. Pete. Mm -hmm. She's gonna break that. You think so? 100%. By the end of this this season, yeah. yeah. Oh well, yeah, because she is averaging like thirty two a game. Yeah. What? Why would they have four games or three games left? She's gonna get that. So, but that poses a, a big question. Some people are saying that if she does break it, actually, Pistol Pete, his son specifically said he doesn't think it would really count, and that they're very different records. And I'm gonna tell you why. So. When he broke that record, he only played three seasons mm -hmm. from 1967 to 1970. So he played three seasons. There was no three-point line, no shot clock, and freshmen couldn't play varsity. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying that my dad was able to do it in way less time off of yeah. less, you know, because there was no three. Yeah, that's true. 
true. So do you think that it was still, I think it's still a huge, great accomplishment. Yeah. It's very impressive, but that's kind of like a little asterisk that would maybe add in some hate from people. Um, I feel like Pistol Pete record is a great record. Kayla's is a great record mm-hmm. as well. Um, because it's like one can make the argument just like they do all the time with today's NBA players and old school NBA players that basically people weren't good <laughs> back in the day. Like someone actually posted an Instagram video like of the uh, NBA All-Star game, I think something in the 80s. And it was like, Dominique Wilkins, he terrible. He's terrible. Like, look at these moves. Like, they turned the, in the All-Star game, they turned the ball over like 10 straight times. They shot bricks off the backboard. Like, these dudes was terrible. I don't want to hear nothing about the 80s. I don't want to hear nothing about the 80s. So it's like, that could be the argument. Basketball players weren't good in the 80s and the 70s. They just weren't good at basketball. They weren't as skilled as today. So, and now they are. So it's the argument go either way. So I let people just, the records are broken however they're broken, and we celebrate them however we celebrate them. Let's just leave it as that. And we should celebrate it because exactly. regardless, she broke the record, and it's a big deal. Exactly. So shout out Caitlin. Good luck breaking the overall NCAA scoring record. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Dallas. Did you see what the Iowa coach did after their loss to Nebraska? No, I didn't. Okay. Basically, they have a clip of them at the post-game conference, and there was a Nebraska player talking, and mid-sentence, you hear the Iowa coach in the in the background, she said, are you serious? This is bull, beep. Like, this is not Big Ten protocol. They play music during free throws. Like, come on. I mean, what's going on here? And she's yelling while the this young college player is talking. And so that clip went viral of her going off. And people were basically saying that if that was Coach Dawn, you know, if that was Dawn Staley or if that was the Ole Miss coach, like if, if that was another coach, people would have treated it differently. They would have said, oh, she's such a thug, and oh, she's ignorant, and this is ghetto, and blah, blah, blah. But since it was a white coach from Iowa, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, she's passionate. It makes sense. Um, I mean, that's just the world we live in. There's nothing, it's nothing you can really say about it. That's just people put stereotypes on things not to be racist or not to do anything. It's just like that's just how it is. Like it's, it's a natural stereotype of certain things um because of certain characteristics that people carry like don staley has the reputation for being more of a let's say a rougher tougher coach so that's what's going to be that's how it's going to be perceived if she was to make statements like that Mm -hmm. and the other coach probably doesn't have that reputation, so it's not going to be perceived as that. And it's like not a knock against anyone or anything like that. That's just how life kind of works. You- but that's the thing that's not fair. The Iowa coach has done that before. There have been other instances where after the game, she was being a sore loser. She was going off. She was complaining. And they're just like, well, yeah, because it wasn't fair that blah, blah, blah. Like they just make excuses for her. But even when – Don has instances of saying, showing that the media, you guys are calling my players monkeys, and you guys are saying very aggressive, rude, derogatory statements. And then people are like, yeah, well, it is what it is. 
That's not fair. Yeah. I mean, leaders life. Just like, I mean, it's just the same thing with Draymond Green. If Draymond Green fouls someone the same way that, let's say, LeBron James or somebody else fouls someone, they're going to make it a big deal out of Draymond Green's foul. It might be a flagrant foul. He might get suspended. And if LeBron did it, it's going to be, oh, it's King James. Nothing happened. Like, that's just what it is. Like, it's, it's like, it's, that's just life. Like, it's life. Your your reputation follows you. And precedes you. Yeah, so. Sometimes people who haven't met you will assume things based off of your reputation in advance. Yeah. People right. make judgments on people regardless. Like when you when you when you visually see someone, you make a judgment on them regardless. In your mind, if if it's purposely, not purposely, whatever it is, it happens. It's the human nature. And then they can change that, but when they speak or how they act. But at the end of the day, you're that's just how the human mind works. You make a judgment on you you analyze the situation based off of what you see first. That's the first thing you're going to be able to see. Whatever your first uh, sense, I guess, if it's a smell, sight, touch, whatever it is, you're going to analyze off the first thing that is brought to you. And, mm. you know, and you're going to go with that from that point on. Okay. So, another trending topic we can get into South Carolina. Got to throw them in this show. We always have to talk about them. Shout out to South Carolina. They are still undefeated. They recently just tied the SEC record for regular season wins as they just continue to make their way through all of these teams going crazy. So Camilla, Camilla was gone for two games because she went to go play for Brazil to represent them in the Paris qualifiers, which they actually did not make it. She was going up against Satu in Germany. Satu ended up leading Germany to their first time qualifying for the Olympics. But Camilla and Satu actually got into kind of like a, a shoving incident, which was crazy because we don't really see Camilla act like that on SC. But while Camilla was gone, Ashlyn was dominating. And Coach Staley, she said that Ashlyn has to be out on the floor. She said that she's way too good and that now Ashlyn basically showed her what the team had been missing and that now once Camilla returns, she has to figure out if Camilla is going to still be a starter or if she's going to come off the bench, which surprised me because Camilla is such a strong player. Um, so she was saying she's going to have to figure out where she fits in that rotation. In her first game back, Camilla had 18 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, three blocks, and one steal. So she showed like, no, let's, let's not play with my name. I was gone, but I'm still dominating. But the thing that I wanted to talk to you about is that South Carolina, they suspended one of their freshmen indefinitely. So there's a freshman, Sanaya Ja, Coach Daly, and her her staff, they suspended her. Um, it was 40 minutes ahead of a game last week, and they said that it was for conduct detrimental to the team, which makes me wonder, what do you think happened? It's hard. It's a lot of ways you can be detrimental to your team. But do you think that that means that she was fighting someone or could it just be? Uh, it could be academics. It could be being late. It could be doing drugs. It could be being out too late with boys. It could be anything. 
But that wouldn't be classified as detrimental to the team. I feel like anything, if you're a part of a team. If you were on an academic suspension, they would say it's an academic suspension. Yeah, yeah I do agree with that. But I'm saying it, it still could have been like they could have said that not wanting to put the girl out there that her grades are bad. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. This sounds worse. You don't think so? No, I don't. I feel like it's a lot of ways you can be detrimental to your team. And I feel like anything that's not helping the team progress and be better is detrimental to the team. That's my view of it. So that's why I say it can literally well, be that's anything. The, that would be the definition. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be nothing crazy. It could have been anything. And that's the term they want to use so they can keep it as vague as possible. Mm. So then I wonder when... Coach Mulkey was sitting out Angel and Kateri. She didn't say Angel was out due to conduct detrimental to the team. She just said she's not playing and she's not traveling with us. Can you guys leave it at that? That, that was her decision. Every every coach has the opportunity to handle each situation however they want to handle it. Especially with Angel Reese, you probably wouldn't want to say that because you don't want to damage her image. Uh, because of that's how she that's how she makes her money for real. Of course, I don't think uh, the coach wants to damage the other girls' image either. And then lastly, USC beat Arizona 81 to 64. Arizona has not been having a good season whatsoever. They're 12 for 12. And they posted that they're having open tryouts. Wow. Yeah, which is the second team this season, the second big conference team that we've seen post saying that hey, we're looking for more players. If you have a physical and some basketball experience, pull up. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what Juju Watkins does so you wouldn't go against her. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, they got killed by USC, and Juju had 32 in back-to-back 30-point games. So That's surprising, though, for Arizona at the beginning of this season. We thought they were going to have a strong start to an extent. They got Jada Williams. And Brea Cunningham, two All-Americans. And so it just... Sometimes it doesn't come together. I guess so. So I do feel bad for their team. Hopefully they're able to figure it out. I haven't seen if they've posted that they added any new girls. But I'm sure we'll see it soon. So good luck to them. All right. Upset alert. I feel like we need to get like a... Like a little sound effect or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Upset alert. So on Sunday, my upset is from last Sunday, it's when Nebraska upset Iowa, the number two team. They beat them 82-79. to It was a very close game. The whole time it was a close game. People kept saying, we might get a Caitlin Clark game winner. She's going to have a buzzer beater. She did not. Um, It was a really close game until the very, very, very end when they won. Nebraska won by three. That's the same game when I said the Iowa coach was going off after. Kaitlyn had 33 points. Dallas, like you predicted last game, she did not break the record. Um, You said if I was that team, I would make sure that Kaitlyn doesn't drop that on us. They did that exact same thing you said. They quadruple teamed her. So in the fourth quarter, Kaitlyn, she got basically no shots up whatsoever. They surrounded her and left the rest of the team open so at the end of the game she was still eight points away but my thing though is that I truly do think this shows a lot about the Iowa team because essentially they were so focused on Caitlin breaking the record that they kind of just forfeited the game like if if you have four players on one person 
meaning you have four players open, you guys should just be passing to each other and scoring. There's no way you lose that game if it's four on one. There's no way you should lose that game. You should just pass one another, go in for layups, go in and make the shots. So I didn't really like that for the Iowa team, even though a lot of people say, well, maybe they lost on purpose so that they could play at home. I don't think they lost on purpose. I think they just lost. Nebraska upset them. They played well. They stopped their shooting machine of Caitlin Clark. And then Iowa had nothing else to answer with. Even though they had four open players, they had nothing else at that moment. Yeah, that's like Iowa's MO. That's why they haven't been able to win in the tournament. Um, they were a 15-point favorite in that game as well. So they were favored to win by 15 points, and they lost outright. And when the girl hit the three, she did the you can't see me. Mm-hmm. So when the game was like, ooh, that was cold. <laughs> I like that. I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah, so that was a big upset. My upset for this week is Iowa State over Kansas State. Kansas State is ranked number seven at 21 and four. Iowa State is 14 and nine. They were at home, though. Those home courts do make a big difference. Uh, it actually went to double overtime. It was a very high-scoring game. It was 96 to 93. Uh, Iowa State edged it out in the second overtime. Uh, they shot 36 free throws, and they shot 86% from the line. So they hit 31 out of those 36. Uh, I think that was the key factor for them winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only made 28 shots, and Kansas State made 34 shots. But, I mean, if you're getting 36 free throws to the other team's 20, you got 16 more free throw attempts. You're going to probably win the game. You just make them. Uh, so that was the biggest upset for me this week. And, yeah, they got it done. And my player of the week is Juju. Again. I mean. You love Juju. Juju again. <laughs> I mean, she's amazing. And she plays with so much swagger. And she has just the perfect. She's just a class act. So it's like, I, I love Juju. And I think. Knock on, uh, I ain't even going to knock on wood. I think she's going to go down as the best women's basketball player ever. Woo! Ever? I think ever. Women's college basketball player? Women's, I think she's going to be the best women's basketball player ever at the end of her career. Okay. Yeah, I do. My only response is I think that's a little bit rude <laughs> since we've seen her in 12, 13 games compared to a Maya Moore, a Lisa Leslie, a Candace Parker, like they really, yeah, really are pioneers. No, think I, I, I understand that. I, her work ethic. I, I mean, this is not my first year watching her play. You know what I'm saying? I watched mm-hmm. her workouts. I, I've watched her for a while. She's, she's not gonna not be better. Like she's gonna get better and better and better and better. And she has like all the tools. She's a big guard. She she can dribble. She can shoot off the dribble. She has a good head on her shoulders. I think she's gonna end up the best basketball player in the women's game ever. And I think that's her goal as well, literally. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess like we, we talked about this the last episode. I was saying she's only a freshman, so we have so much time to see her game grow. So you are right. Maybe in ten years. 20 years, we might be saying that. Time will tell. So my athlete of the week is, you mentioned or you said, that girl who did the You Can't See Me. Her name is Jazz Shelley. She's my athlete of the week on Nebraska. She had 23 points, five assists, three rebounds in that game against Iowa. 
So when I saw her do the you can't see me pose, I screamed at the TV. I was like, oh, no. I thought that was absolutely crazy. And I knew people were going to just take that moment and eat it up. When Angel did it last year, people hated Angel. They called her a thug. They called her rude. Now this white girl in Nebraska can do it. And people are like, huh, okay, great trash talking. That's not really fair that it's not perceived the same way. But I did. I love that she did that um, against Caitlyn. After the game, though, she said that that's not what she was doing. Did, did you see that, Dallas? Her saying it after the game? No, I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, so, so she said that the you can't see me pose that she did. She said that's not what that was, that she was saying that they needed to do face guard defense. Oh, it looks so like that you can't was, see me. That's exactly. So <laughs> John Cena. That's <laughs> what we all thought. But she said that was just a signal to her team essentially saying how to run the defense for the next, you know, the time left in the game. That's what she said. I don't know, though. Like you said, it looked like it. So, regardless, she had a great performance that game. So, shout out to Jazz. Now, as we are winding down in this episode, Dallas, it's time to give out your free pick. Our Super Bowl pick hit, of course. Pick from the episode before that hit. We have a really great record. This is episode nine. I think we're what six and two. Yeah, I think six and two. We might be seven and two actually. I think because you had gave out two in the episode. this episode. Oh, okay, okay. I think we're seven and two. Something like that. All right. So what well, you got for us today? All Star Weekend. No NBA tonight. So we're gonna go to the college. I'm going with New Mexico State against San Diego State. San Diego State is coming off a blowout win. New Mexico State is coming off a one-point win, both in conference. Uh, New Mexico State is getting six and a half points. I think it's just too many points against the San Diego State team that's been struggling this year. Uh, I think last game was just out of the ordinary for San Diego State, and I think they're just going to be a little bit high off of that. Mexico State has two guards that can go, and Jamal Mashburn and Eddie House, son. Uh, so it's like I think they're going to cover the six points. They have a chance to win the game. So I think New Mexico plus six is the play for tonight, and it's minus 110, so even money. So. Boom. You heard it here first. Dallas, thank you so much for joining me today. and We will see you on episode 10 of She Got Next. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.